You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello. Welcome back to OK Sis podcast. My name is Maddie. And my name is Scout. And you know what I was thinking about yesterday? That one day when you get married, your name is no longer going to be Maddie Mayo. You know, I think I just need to keep that name because it is truly, it's a firsty lasty, rolls off the tongue. (laughs) It's like people always say like, is it like Patty Mayonnaise? Oh my God. I used to get that all. I forget that like I, is it weird that I like, do you think of me as a mayo or at this point, do you think of my last name as Sobel? I still think of you as a mayo. I wouldn't say your name with yeah. mayo, but <laughs> with a sign of mayo, but yeah, like I definitely still think I of I had it. a guy hit on me in high school and oh. he texted me and he's like, do you have a sister named Patty? And I was like, no, I have a sister named Maddie. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, like even better. He was like, oh, so Patty Mayonnaise isn't your sister. And I was like, we didn't grow up watching Nickelodeon. Like, I don't know what Doug is. Thank you very much. Also, I just want to say to those people, you think you're doing something, but you're not. 
Like, <laughs> like we've heard it all. Okay, we don't need you to pass be like the mayo. Pass the mayo. Is mayo your favorite condiment? Like, I'm just enough, 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 enough. Anyways, it was just something that I was thinking about, you know, because oh. like when you, me, and mom get together, all three of us have different last names, and it's just interesting, you know. It is so interesting. Not. Oh, you, you're saying like not. Is that what you're saying? I thought you were just like mid-sentence, but you were doing that. It's so interesting. Not nah, that's yes, what you were doing. That's what I was doing. Thanks for clarifying. Well, your delivery was totally fucking wrong on that. You know, like the, the brain the, the brain is short-circuiting. The brain is When is the brain short- not short-circuiting? <laughs> when when Honestly, is the brain not short-circuiting? That is the question. <laughs> when is it not? I'm going to tweet that. See, you know, my life, I, we talk a little bit about this in this episode. Like my life has become, I'm like one of those people that are in the shower and I have like shower tweets. You know how people are like log off, but I'm like, oh, I got to, I got to tweet this random thought I had in the shower. Do you want to know when my best things come to me? When you're pooping? No, oh. no, that was not what I was going to say. <laughs> like at all. Um, my best thoughts come to me. When I'm about to fall asleep. So I'm like half awake, half asleep. And so I used to have a notebook next to my bed, but it's just like, and I'm in that moment. I'm like, I can't get up. And I'm like, you're going to forget this. You're going to forget this. And then I have an internal dialogue. You'll remember, you'll remember. Don't get up. Don't get up. And then it's a spiral. You can't even go to bed. No, then I just pass out. And so there's like millions of ideas that are trapped Trapped in my subconscious and I need to access them. Trapped in the subconscious. Oh, that is sucks for you. When I go to sleep, the thoughts are, oh, remember that random conversation you had in middle school with that one person? Yeah, yeah they still think about that because you're a fucking loser. That is what I think about before yeah, I go to that's, bed. that's illuminating. I'm loving the uh, honesty here. That is illuminating. That is um anxiety. Yeah, we should uh, we should get past that one. Let's get past middle school. Let's let's go to the present day moment. Oh. But I hear you. I hear you. The amount of times that we as human beings replay conversations and think that we were a goddamn idiot is super. There's a loop. There's a loop happening right now of like an encounter I had last night that I'm just like I'm like Mads, release. Let's release. Let's breathe in and release. And it just like keeps coming up. It's like you fucking loser. Remember when you said that? Like it's just. This is what happened. <laughs> oh, sneak, my God. A little sneak peek into my brain if you were. If you got to go to Chill House. We got to get some I sage <laughs> on you. We got to like, you got to go to a sanctuary where you can chill the fuck out. We got to chill the fuck out. Uh, PSA Sydney. Let's open a little Chill House brick and mord in. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I just. I don't know why I just joined the name. The name to brick and mortar to brick and mort. Um, but we need a chill house brick and mort in LA. Yeah. Uh, Basically, yesterday. we brought Cindy on to plead our case. Sure. Because, like, yeah, yeah it, as as evident from this intro, <laughs> we need to chill the fuck out. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just like internally not chill. You are <laughs> externally like a goddamn like projectile vomiter right now. So. I'm the personification I, of a projectile <laughs> vomiter. That is, remember when I said, I still think about this to this day, and I wonder if Jenny Kane has ever listened to this podcast. She probably has. You know, she probably has it on a on repeat. On She's her, probably on her like thing. emailing her, her team being like, why haven't you gotten me on OKC's podcast? 
and they are just like somehow dropping the ball or maybe they have our wrong email and that's what's happening here. A hundred percent. There's no other explanation. Every day she's asking them. Oh, I mean, there's no other way that Jenny Kane lives her life other than wanting to be on OKSIS every single morning. So back um, OG listeners will, li- will understand this. When I said that I want to walk into my apartment and feel like Jenny Kane projectile vomiting all over it. Oh, I think God. she really enjoyed that. Like it gives you a visual and it, it makes you, f- you know exactly what I mean. Yeah. Remember that one time when you were little and you were in front of an Orthodox rabbi and you said, and I projectile on it. No, you oh. said, I'm so hungry. My stomach feels like it's coming out of my butt. <laughs> That's what you said. You, you said know where that. I learned that from, which recently, because we, we, that's like folklore in our family. We say that story a lot. And you know where I found that from? Yeah. Okay. I found it from somewhere too, but I don't remember now. And I was like, mean wait, girls. that's where Maddie got it. Yes. That's what it is. I just. Where she's like, I felt when, when remember when she's in the Halloween outfit, she's like yes. crying. She's like, I felt like my stomach was going to fall out my butt. Like that's yes, where I found that's it. That's where you got it. Okay. So I just watched. I just watched Mean Girls. <laughs> I said that it said in front of an Orthodox rabbi? In front of like multiple Orthodox people at our grandma's house. Like it why was like you we, screamed it. Like it was just okay. Why were we surrounded by Orthodox men? Because we, we've we been in rooms with Orthodox men. Like we're Jewish. Oh. It's happened many times. Like that's not like a... We're Jewish. It happened. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's get into this episode because it is a good one. I Wait, you were going to say something about Mean Girls. <laughs> Oh, I just watched it last night or last week and I've been quoting it in team calls consistently at Scouts Agency. Some people think it's funny. Others have never seen it. So I just think that's like a sin in my opinion. What the fuck? Who hasn't seen? That is... I have enough respect for this employee... To, to not, not put her on blast. To not, right yeah, now. To, not, but to not drag her on the internet. Yeah. Wow. I told her it will affect her performance review at the end of the year if she hasn't, if she doesn't go and see it. Like, how does she, like, she must be just. Okay. So I was with her and I looked at her because I'm pregnant and I was like, sweatpants are all that bit me right now. And she just thought I was talking. She just like thought that I said that. Like, she just thought that. And you said it. And you said it like a baby voice. You're like, Maybe <laughs> right now. Like she just like thought that I was saying things like that came from my mind. Oh wow, that's really embarrassing for you, but also not your fault because everyone should know that reference. That's insanity. Everybody should. That's insanity. That girl should be checked into a little institution. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be send her this. To watch mean girls on a loop. Honestly, <laughs> like what? I feel so happy for her. She has so such great content awaiting her. See, yes, but I don't know if she watches it, if she's going to catch all of the iconic lines. Like, I don't know if it's going to translate at this point in time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I watch it and I was like, iconic moment, iconic moment, five seconds later, iconic moment, iconic moment. Like, the whole thing is just one-liners that are excellent, but I'm just excellent. worried that she might not. Like, Danny DeVito, I love your work. Or, for for you, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn, you go Coco. Glenn Coco. Or, I ha- it's not my fault I have a wide-set vagina. No, it's not my fault I have a heavy flow and a wide-set wide vagina. vagina. She doesn't Which, even go here. Honestly, I'm feeling more and more resonant with that statement, heavy flow, wide-set vagina. That's another conversation that I'm going to, I'm going to redirect you to another episode. Okay, great. Um, All right, let's talk about this conversation. We had the most, honestly, like cool girl. Like, yes, you know what I mean? I don't know how else to explain it. She is just this excellent 
leader and founder, someone that I've looked up to for many, many years now, and we were graced with her presence, Miss Cindy Ramirez, founder of Chill House. You probably have seen me press on those little press ons. I've been completely converted to the chill tips. And also we've, she's had a brick and mortar store spa in New York for quite some time now, has an amazing like editorial arm of her business. She is just splendid and there's so much to learn from her and we're going to chill the fuck out with her. Yeah. Yeah. So sisters enjoy this episode with Cindy. Ah, there she is. Hi ladies. Hello, Miss Cindy. How are you? You look at you with both of your mics. Oh yeah. You know, we're we're professional podcasters over here. We've been doing this shit for four years, girl. Wow. That's impressive. You're better in this by now. We like to think so. You know, that's you know, that's what we like to be called podcast veterans. Yeah. I'd say so for sure. Veterans feel like we should be retired. Well, <laughs> We're like, we've been doing this too long. Maybe we should, just kidding. But the word veteran, I'm like, oi, four years, man. We, we've been we've been in it. And we can't wait to hear about you. I mean, in the digital world, right? In media, I feel like it all moves so fast. So yeah. Yeah, it's like sure. dog years. Yeah. What's, what's your next medium? Oh. Have you thought about it? Not TikTok. No? You're anti? I'm anti. No, no, I'm not anti. It's just not in alignment with me. You know what I mean? It just doesn't like work with my frequency and my soul. <laughs> Scout is emotionally unavailable for TikTok. I am a little too emotionally available for TikTok. Like it's a little, yeah. I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I feel that. Same here. Even though like I actually am bad at committing to consistency, but I'm always on it. I'm always consuming. And then I get spurts of energy and creativity where I'm like, all right, let's go. Or I just... I'm bored at home and I like, but it's never, there's no strategy. Yeah. It's just, it's, we're, yeah, we're raw dogging it. This is kind of how I am with Twitter. I hate that platform, but I also like have to be on it as a founder. And then, but then I'll get like these bursts and I'll tweet like 10 things in a row and I'll be like, I'm so funny. And then other times I'm like, this is so cringe. What are you doing? Like log off, you know? Uh, yeah, I actually, that's the one, uh, platform I'm not active on anymore. Um, I mean, I, I have it, I've had it. Chill house has it. And like, I'm almost scared to go on the platform because it becomes, it's like this mystery to me right now. And to us, we don't talk about it literally. Like it just doesn't exist, which is kind of nice because we're just so consumed with all these different ways that people can get in touch with obviously like me, but then also chill house. And I'm like, okay, so if I don't know what's being said about us on one platform, like I think it would actually, it's really helpful to my mental health. You know what I mean? It's there to like serve. That's a really healthy choice that you've made that uh, Twitter's a fucking hell hole. Like it is just flames everywhere. So I can't believe that it's still around. Like I understand that there are people that utilize it, but I just can't imagine that it is that, I mean, I guess it is influential in some circles, but I can't imagine that for like the zeitgeist and demographic that the three of us are in, that it would be the biggest, you know what I mean? Like that it would be the space you gotta be in, you know? We belong on Instagram and and TikTok, I would say. There, There are a lot of people on Twitter. I'm just, I'll let you know that. It's so great that all of you guys have checked out. I'm very checked in and it's not great. 
there is a lot of web three chatter going on over there that will make your eyes roll. It's a very like startup culture platform, right? So like if you're like a founder in the tech space or in like some sort of innovation space, like that is where you go and like flex your flex your muscles and like flex your learnings and like your knowledge and blah, blah, blah. What's your favorite platform as a founder? Um, Instagram. I know it. I understand it. It's not like this weird mystery. Yeah. We always talk about like go towards the platforms that feel the most fluid for you or the most intuitive because then the content you put out is just going to be so much more received. You know, I mean, we talk about this so much. Like Scout is just like, doesn't think in TikToks. I don't think in tweets. Like I feel very aligned with TikTok. And so it's just like, just go where, just go where the energy is, you know? Yeah. How do you feel? Because you are obviously a founder of a very, everyone knows what Chill House is. Like all the sisters don't even need an intro real quick. Like we all know what Chill House is. Well, I don't know that that's true, but hey. It's true. If they're a sister, if they're a sister, they've been seeing these babies on my nails Oh, and and they've been true. seeing me say, oh my God, yours are, oh. Coming soon, we're actually going to do some long ones for once. Um, so slowly but surely, we'll have like these, the shape. Iconic, iconic. Okay, don't don't look at me. My friend dragged me to the nail salon and it's atrocious, but I did have Chill House on like last month. So just don't look at me right now. I actually like had a nail salon date with my friend. I was like, this is, this feels weird and, and like foreign to me at this point in my life. Despite what you may think, I don't love like a Manny date. I feel like it's like solo time. Not only solo time. I don't want a solo date at the manicure salon. Like it's not comfortable. It's, it's like the drilling and the filing aren't comfy. Like it's actually torture. It's like a torture zone in my opinion. It's like where you go to get tortured. No. Well, when you go to like your actual brick and mortar, yeah. we're comfy, we're cozy, but I like to go on a solo date for a Manny and I'm that like rude bitch that puts her AirPods in right away. Like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> like I am checked out. It's like my time to listen to pods. Sorry. That's why I like your, your press ons because I'm like, I don't have to do any of that. I can just do it beautifully at home by myself as an introvert who doesn't want to see anybody. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, 
jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS, O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Okay, so what I was going to ask was that you are so excellent at being a forward-facing female founder and a spokesperson for Chill House. You are everywhere. People know who you are. You're at Creative Cultivate. You're, you're doing all of these things. How do you balance running such a large company and your personal brand as a spokesperson for that company, if that makes sense? I mean, I don't know that we're super large. I think to some people, maybe we are perceived as large. I think we're small little cog in the, this like beauty world, but how do I balance it all? I think I think it's kind of my job, honestly, as the founder to be forward facing and to be at these panels and to do these podcasts like that is part of my role. So at times I'm like, oh, I have no time. Like I see it as kind of not for I, I'm, I'm I love podcasts. And I, you guys are totally fun. I'm not saying I'm not complaining about this by any means because I enjoy this, but I do sometimes say like, oh, is it like worth my time? Is it not? But then you, you do have to kind of really like step back and be like, no, that is, this is part of my job. It's not just like, 
talking like aimlessly. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's another form of marketing the company and, you know, you really have to just own it and be open to different ways of getting your brand out there. So yeah, I mean, I don't say yes to every opportunity. You have to be very selective, but like, I think that I factor in a decent amount of time to be able to do this and connect with people that I'm really excited to connect with like yourselves. And that's all part of the job. And, you know, so you know, I do see other founders sometimes. I'm like, how are they able to do like 10 times more than I do? And I'm like, how? But everyone has their team in place ready to kind of pick up some of the heavy lifting in other places that, you know, may fall off if my time is being consumed with X, Y, and Z. So, you know, I have my husband who steps in for me sometimes if like my workload is kind of feeling like I'm doing all this forward facing stuff that may not be like necessarily seem constructive to the growth of the business, but it is right. And then, you know, other people step in and help wherever needed. And so it's really just about having a solid team in place. Of course, like seems kind of obvious, but it's true. People that support you and understand that these are sort of growth opportunities for everyone. And so it's not just like, oh, we're like, what is she doing? Why is she like hanging out at an event or going to a dinner? Like these are things that actually do help you help your brand grow and everyone can grow with you, right? I love that approach. I've been feeling that a little bit as I'm growing my startup. I'm also, you know, doing personal branding things as well. And it's like when I either post TikToks of like my daily vlogs or, you know, the behind the scenes of growing my startup, I'm like, oh, this is taking me away from building and like the actual operations of the business. But I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I always think back to that one, I don't know who said it. Actually, Scout, you probably said it to me. Oh my God, thank you for uh, thank you for remembering and actually referencing the fact that I helped you with something. So she said to me, because a while ago I, I started a YouTube channel and I was like, this is so cringe and embarrassing. Like, what the fuck am I doing on a YouTube channel and at the age of 26? And she was like, what if five years from now or even one year from now, if you had quit today, like imagine, or, or wait, what would, what did you say, Scout? You're more eloquent. I told you, imagine if we never started OKSIS podcast four years ago. Like imagine where your life would be today. And so when you're thinking about your YouTube channel, are you going to be happy that you started it and were consistent with it five years down the line? Maybe it only serves you for two years or one year or whatever, but think about you in five years. Would you be happy that you put in the work today, even if it feels uncomfortable. And that's that's basically what like personal branding is. Like in the beginning, it feels a bit humbling and a bit cringe. But if you continue and be consistent with it, it helps other parts of your of your life and your business grow. So okay, let's let's talk about Chill House. Let's let's get back, let's get back uh, in order. Now, you guys are this like self-care destination also beauty type of brand. And I think you guys were one of the first movers in the space. But talk to me about creating a brand in the self-care space. Because I think it was such a buzzword specifically when you guys were coming out and it was such a buzzword and it's kind of become this like, oh, face mask and bubble bath type of like Instagram post vibe. 
And Scow and I always say that like self-care is sometimes not sexy. Like it's, it means like therapy. It means reflection. It means like really, really tough things. So like talk to me about the evolution of the more like self-carry brandy type thing and how Chill House is like really involved in, in the mental health space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny because I feel like that word, I don't even know that we adopted that word really early on. And I think it really caught on once we had the Chill Times, which was our editorial platform, which was originally my personal blog that I transformed into the Chill Times, which was more of like a wellness, you know, focused content platform. So that's when I feel like the word really started to make sense for me, right? Kind of like to your point, it's there is this part of self-care, which of course is like to take care of your physical well-being, get that massage, get that, you know, quality 30 minutes of like Manny me time and do it. Like it's important because it does make you feel better in that moment. But the more we were thinking about who we were and like everyone in the team, like all of our sort of own things that we had to sit with back home outside of work, like what did the word self-care really mean? And, you know, when we had the blog, I feel like that was when we were able to really open ourselves up to or open up the, the meaning of what self-care actually is, right? It's about taking care of your mental health. It's about thinking about your future and how to improve your, your work-life balance. It's about, you know, talking openly about your your anxieties, your concerns, like that was what that platform really embodied. And we opened it up to this um, community outside of just us. It was obviously we had writers, in-house writers and, and editors and interns that wrote, but we also had opened it up to our community. And we like basically were like, if you're interested in sharing your story, like by all means, like we, we want you to come share your story. It wasn't just like a bunch of editors and writers that it was their profession. Like, no, these were real women and people that had something to share in a story that would really hopefully resonate with our community. So I think that really cemented us as like a true self-care brand. And then of course the, the buzzword just like took off, right? And like everyone was using it. And I'm like, well, how are you self-care? Like you, you, you're a makeup brand. Like what, what does that really mean? Like, are you just like riding the wave? And so it was a little kind of frustrating at first because I did feel like we actually embodied it. We were very thoughtful about how we presented ourselves and how we showed up for our community. It wasn't just like a space. Although I feel like the space is like the biggest pillar of Chill House. I did feel like we provided more substance than just, you know, doing services. So, you know, I think now the words can sometimes feel cringe when it's not used contextually past the physical, right? And like to us, you know, that is we're are we are very much about the physical, but right now our our editorial platform is uh, stealth, so we'll hopefully pick it back up at some point. But we are trying to show up in other ways. Like right now, we have a partnership. We've committed to now uh, giving one percent of our proceeds to mental health organizations. We're partnered with Sad Girls Club and Half the Story. We, you know, partner with them in different ways outside of just a financial commitment. And so there are other ways that now we are trying to really tackle the mental health world and obviously showing up for our partners, but then also just having conversations like when we do panels, like matcha mornings, we're trying to pick those back up. You know, I think a lot of things like shifted a little for us during COVID, but at the root of uh, who we are, it was always about opening up the conversation past like the fluff, right? I want to talk then about how you define 
self-care? How has it evolved for you? Were you always very aware of mental health, your mental health growing up? Where did this like fascination with this come from enough for you to create a business around it? I think as a New Yorker, my mental health really ebbs and flows. I have like spurts of energy where I am like, wow, I'm killing it. I'm crushing it. I'm in it to win it. And then I burn myself out. And I've been that way for many, many years of my life now, especially my 20s and my 30s. Around the time that we started or we concepted Chill House, I think we were it was my husband and I that really kind of came up with the, the concept. And we were just in this place of constant like work, drinking and going out because we had bars. And it was just, and that was my life, like for so many years, like my 20s into my 30s. It was like burnout culture, right? You were like burning the stick on both ends, like go playing hard, working hard. And then all of a sudden you're just like crashing. So I think Chill House, I mean, there are many reasons that it started. I mean, my mom's an esthetician. I grew up in the space. I've always in some way was like, I wish I could fix this. What, you know, I could never work with her. So I can never actually help her do or, or shift her to do what I wanted to create. But I always felt like there was so much there that could be done. Right. So I think there was something in me that was like, I, I want to like modernize what I grew up watching. In general, like New York, I felt like the spa space and anywhere really in the world. It's either like luxury hotel type spas or like, you know, CD establishments with unethical business practices. And we wanted to create something in the middle, but really it was like, I just created something that I desperately needed, which was like an affordable spa that felt like it spoke to people like myself, like a younger consumer that just wanted a sanctuary that didn't feel like it was a splurge, wanted a place that wasn't like, a place she could get tempted to drink alcohol, like, you know, but still felt like she could go every day, grab a, a matcha and like sit down and like work. And so that's what the original concept was really. My own mental health, I think I personally, I'm pretty lucky. I think I, I have had panic attacks, but I don't battle mental health on a day-to-day -day basis, whereas my husband does. And it's gotten progressively worse in the past few years. And so I've been living with someone who's like chronic in this condition. And I, you know, I, at some point, that's kind of why we just decided that we would give back because, you know, how else could we show up for people and, and we're open about it. You know, I think there's still a lot there to unpack, but Chill House is kind of for us that reminder that we're doing something good, not just for us, but for, for people that may like need the, the reminder to take care of themselves on a daily basis and whether that's going to therapy or pushing yourself to you know break those anxious habits or whatever that may look like you know and like we do it in ways where it feels warm and cozy you know we're not like a therapy platform but doesn't mean that we won't like partner with them right and like help you figure out other ways that are a little bit more like deep-rooted I love that you said the word sanctuary because I think that a lot of the times we are in our regular environment, we're in our offices, we're in our homes, and we don't necessarily take time to create a really special place for us to just drop in and be with ourselves. And so I love that you were thinking of that idea and concept with Chill House. How important do you think it is for someone listening who wants to prioritize their self-care how important is it to create spaces and communities that feel like a sanctuary for us to 
prioritize those moments, if that makes sense. I'm like really interested in this idea of like you walk into chill house and then you feel like you can take care of yourself. You feel like you have a breath. You feel like it's you, you time. How important yeah. is it for all of us to find that sanctuary? I mean, I think it's very important if you're, if you're most people, I think in general are not good at managing their own time or like being like self-startery about a lot of things when they're in their own home. Right. It's like, it's the reason why office culture is like, was such a thing. And then maybe we learn how to be better about being proactive at home and being like very, uh, not proactive, sorry, very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Motivated. Sorry. I was trying to find it for you, but I was like, I don't think I have the word in my head. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you lose motivation at home. And I think similarly, that's the reason these places exist like spas. Like you have to go somewhere. You have to make an appointment sometimes, right. To make that time for yourself. And like, I think having places to go are kind of also instrumental in that, right? It, it just gives you a reason. It, it like, you know, we're just so conditioned, I think, to sometimes work within schedules and work within appointments. And I think that's just going to continue being a thing because otherwise we get dragged in so many different directions. There's distractions like social media, like seeing friends. And, and that's all fine, too. I think having friendships is like the ultimate form of therapy, but I think it's also really important to have destinations, places that you schedule things in. I think that's why, to me, brick and mortar is always going to be so important. Having a physical space that you're like, this is an experience and I'm doing this for myself and it pulls you out of a fuck, right? It signals to yourself that you are deserving of that time and that you are deserving of that moment yeah. of peace and mindfulness and presence. I completely agree with you. Talking about sanctuaries, I'm still waiting for the Los Angeles location, but whatever. If you're in Los Angeles, I thought you were in New York. No, we are we are Southern California girlies. We have been to the Chill House in New York, but we are impatiently waiting. So um, there's that. But I do want to talk about Paris. So when I saw... You fly over there and have this incredible expansive moment. It was, it like my heart like burst open because it was such a, again, like expansive thing for me to see you have that experience as a business owner and as a woman. And so I just want to hear about, about it. Like, was it fucking nuts? Like, how was that? It's surreal. I've had many pinch me moments in my career, but that was at the very, very top. I mean, for someone, for a retailer like Galleries Lafayette to be like, no, we want you and we'll do whatever it takes to convince you to come here. I mean, that's pretty yeah. incredible, right? Like I never thought I would build something that would even get like the press and notoriety that it has, much less like in Paris, which is like the most prestige city you can possibly open up a store in, right? Like just the idea of opening Paris, people dream of that. So it's it's weird, like it feels surreal. It feels like I'm not deserving of these sort of opportunities sometimes, if I'm being completely honest. I'm like, but why, like why? But, you know, I think there's more to just chill house than like what we've created in the physical space. We also have this like digital presence that, you know, you guys, right, you feel connected to the brand, but you're not in New York. And I forget that sometimes. And so 
sometimes I have to take a step back and I'm like, wow, no, we really do have real fans out there that want us to have a physical version of what we do. And like, it'd be so awesome to get to do that. Granted, it's not as easy as, you know, having a product-based business that you can kind of like have a little presence in different retailers and that's how you can connect with your customer. So physical space is definitely a whole nother beast and it takes its toll on you for sure. So I'm threading the waters lightly, I'll say, with it, when it comes to expansion with physical space. However, this opportunity was kind of a no-brainer because they... I mean, they convinced us in so many ways I can't really get into, but I basically, when I went to visit them the next day or like two days later, my husband and I were sitting at a wine shop and the shop owner was so sweet. So we were trying to tip him. And of course in Paris, it's like not customary to tip. So especially for a shop owner, not, you know, not, he wasn't a server. He was like the owner of the shop. So it was like really chic, nice French woman, like right next to us starts kind of jumping in and helping translate because he was like, what are you, what are you saying? You crazy Americans, we don't take tips. Like, and she was uh, very helpful in, 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 you know, helping us explain what we were trying to do. And then we got into just chatting and turns out she's an American that like helps brands open in Europe. She like worked at Theory and like helped them like basically expand overseas in different markets. So I was like, and I'm so, I'm not like this like manifester. I think I've manifested a lot just because I, again, like kind of like your word expanding. I think I have a lot of expanders and I look at these moments and I'm like, this is a moment, this is like a learning moment, right? This is like an expanding moment. I go after it. And that is kind of what happened in that situation. I turned to him, I'm like, oh, fuck babe, I think we ought to do this. <laughs> like that was such a sign to me. I was like, this is our sign. And yes, it's been hectic and hard because it's a different it's a different country and it's rules bureaucracies like it's just very very different so it hasn't been easy I'll say that but it's been really rewarding and when I went to the store and I saw it like I didn't have to build the store like that is like crazy you know I mean I was responsible for making sure everything looked good and like you know but I, I wasn't there like painting walls like I have in the past in, in New York, you know? So it was pretty incredible. You're like to think where you started and then like next thing you know, you're like standing in Paris and the most incredible retailer in the world. And like they built you your dream space. It's surreal. And, you know, it's we're just getting our, off the ground. So it's definitely still like picking up. But I think it's a... I think it was a great opportunity for us to, yeah, just show people what we're all about. And hopefully, like, Europe is ready for us. I think we'll definitely start maybe wholesaling some products in other markets. And, yeah, I mean, we're, like, kind of just starting to expand globally, really. And, like, that was, like, our in. How do you take care of yourself in those moments where like you are expanding and as you said, it's like the most exciting, surreal moment of your life to be like, I'm painting the walls at this one and I come in and you know what I'm saying? Like in Paris, all those things. And yet you talked a little bit about like, why am I getting these opportunities? How do you take care of yourself in those moments so that you can step up to the plate that expansion is asking you to? <laughs> 
I only ask because I know there's so many people who like get opportunities and let it pass them by. Yeah, or like they just don't they they sabotage it because they don't feel worthy or they feel like it's too big or it's overwhelming or it's scary. I mean, I haven't said yes to every incredible opportunity, although I feel like I've said yes to the right incredible opportunities. So mm. I think it's okay to not feel 100% ready. And I, I think we weren't like 100% ready for this one, but it was one of those, again, situations where we were like, I, I was like, no, we have to do it because this was my sign. So I would say it's okay if you don't feel 100% ready and in those moments you reject them because it, you really do have to feel crazy enough to do it. I think that's the thing, right? If you don't feel like it's like exciting you to the point where you know you may lose your mind <laughs> during the process, but it'll be worth it when it's done, then it's not the right opportunity, right? You have to be willing to know that it's going to stress you out a little bit and like that it may feel uncomfortable at times. And that's what happened with Paris for sure. I mean, it was like, what did we get ourselves into? Like, oh my God, like, I don't know anything about French employment. Like all those questions came up and, you know, it's easy to say yes to an opportunity when it feels like a really shiny, like cool moment. But when you're actually getting into the, the details of the opportunity, you know, things can come up. So I think it's fair to, to say no and to recognize that you're not there yet. And a, a lot of people use that to a fault and they become really, really successful because they have goals and the opportunities don't align with those goals. And so you have to say no to certain things, right? I think you kind of can value it, like weigh it out though in different ways. For example, we have something, we have an opportunity to do something in, an, in a, for the holidays in a market and we like are weighing it out. Okay. Well, what's the sales opportunity? What's the brand opportunity? What, you know, so like looking at all the different opportunities and then deciding, okay, so if the opportunities match up with our goals, then it's the right one. Right. So yeah, I think there are different ways to weigh it out and it's fair to be like, no, I'm not there yet. This isn't, it's not worth the actual lows that it can bring to my life and to the that is such good advice. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was going to say that advice is fucking fire. Like, like amazing. Yeah, it's really you, good. You basically are saying that the opportunities you take like have to be worth the which every project and opportunity and thing is going to come with that inevitable stress and hard work. Like I think people think, "Oh, the location in Paris? Oh my god, it's a dream to work on that every second of the day." No, like it's fucking difficult. It's like, a logistical nightmare, I'm sure. <laughs> it's a logistical nightmare. So, but it's like, is it worth the logistical nightmare? Yes. And I love that. And it's always, I think people try to jump over that process and kind of jump, you know, want to just get to that end result of the pretty shiny thing of the great opportunity. But is it worth the stress in the process? Love that. Okay. Let's ask our final question, which we ask every single woman that comes on OK Sis. And, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I want to see if you have a different answer for it. But if you could brag about one thing in your life and you cannot be humble, what would you brag about? And it seems like you have been very humble this whole podcast so saying that like yes. chill house is like a little teeny tiny brand okay whatever like no humble no humbleness like what are you bragging about am i talking about am i bragging about my business or am i bragging about my family or myself anything anything anything, anything. that feels aligned to you it's it's weird to to brag about anything without also recognizing it's like the flaws within the brag, but I, I do feel very, very lucky and almost like what the fuck that I do have 
an incredible husband that I get to work with and a beautiful child, like, you know, successful businesses, hopefully, theoretically, indefinitely. And like, that is something that I, you know, 21 year old me, if I were to look like 17 years into the future, I'm 37 years old, I would have never imagined this life for myself. We just bought an apartment in Miami. We're homeowners now. We have an apartment in New York. It just feels so far away from where I started. And yeah, it's a very, it's a braggable moment. Of course, there's so much fucking chaos in between, but like, you know, the picture, the picture looks perfect and it's not, but it does. And I still feel like if I were to look 17 years into the future, when I was young, I'd be like, oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's what we like to hear. We're looking at you like that. We're looking at you like that right now. (laughs) It's not all perfect. I'll I'll write a memoir one day. I think it'll be titled. It's not all perfect. Chill. You need to have it say, Chill the Fuck Out by Cindy Ramirez. Is that my book title? Yeah, that's your book title. That's the working title. We can workshop it. I'm going to say it to yeah. myself, basically. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> oh, this was so delightful. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you. This was so fun. Of course. Let everyone know where they can follow you and get all the deets and get their little chill tips. Yes, please buy some chill tips. And we have other products dropping in the next few months. Really exciting stuff in the body space and the nail space. Um, But you can find us at Chill House, of course, chillhouse.com if you want to shop our stuff. And um, my handle is at Cindy Ramirez, C-Y-N-D-I, like lopper. (laughs) Like lopper, I (laughs) I love love it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, and you can find us at OKSIS Podcast. Thank you, sisters. Oh my God, thank you so much. I love you guys. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 